Multiply. Week one last week, um, we started out with um, finances, and we encouraged you as to how you can finance your future. Um, just unpacking some principles from God's word about um, ways to multiply your finances. Because this is the deal. God is the giver of all things, yeah. all good gifts. And so God is the owner of those things. We are called to steward them. We're stewards. And so a steward is someone who manages another person's property. And um, as a Christian, we don't just want to manage it. We want to make it better. So the house or the apartment or the condo we currently live in does not belong to us. Um, the money that we have in our pockets it doesn't belong to us. The, the cars, we, it all belongs to God. The breath we breathe, it doesn't belong to us. The, the bodies our souls live in, it doesn't belong to us. It all belongs to the Lord. And so the call of the Christian is to steward those things for your good. God wants you to be blessed. He gets nothing out of the deal. <laughs> he gives you these good gifts. He wants you to be blessed. So it's for your good, but it's for his glory. Because if God sees that you're stewarding well, people are going to look at your life and wonder what's going on. And that's an opportunity to point them to Jesus. And so we're stewards. Um, that's good news. It's humbling. And it ought to keep us on our A game. And so the word multiply just simply means in the Hebrew, it means to become many and to increase. To become many and to increase. When God created man, his first words to us was be fruitful and multiply. Um, and so I, I, think, I think God's first words are important. God wants us to become many and to increase. Last week we said that based on Genesis 1, 27 through 28, that God has given you the ability and the permission to be as successful as you want to be, to have as much joy as you want, to have as much peace as you want. You have that freedom. No one can control that. You, you've been given that God-given right to increase your life, to increase your joy, to increase your generosity, to increase your impact. And so today, um, I want to kind of mesh what we've been given with this idea of time mastery. Um, with this idea of time. So today I want to talk about time mastery or the gift of time. Um, time is valuable. And uh, we know it's valuable because the first three words of scripture are in the beginning. The first three words of the word of God is in the beginning. So God could have started out with you know, anything, but he, he started out with this idea of, of time. And so I was really uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit during the pandemic to lean into time mastery because we know when things shut down, I think the first two or three weeks we were all like, yeah, we don't have to go to work. We don't have to do anything. We can just hang out at home. And I think what happened with a lot of people is we, many of us let our guards down. And I don't know, honestly, if we some of us have recovered from some of the bad habits that we entertain during those two years. I think we're still dealing with some of those residual effects and we're coming out of it. But personally, there's no feather in my cap. The Holy Spirit told me um, around the first week or so, he said, that's not going to be so with you. You're going to use this free time to uh, capitalize on the opportunities that I'm going to present to you in the next two to three years as we come out of it. You're going you're gonna to hone in on your t 
time management, your time mastery. So um, I began to then take a deep dive into scripture. And the idea was who better to study than God himself, the creator of time. And then you want to ask yourself, how did God conduct himself in time? Because God does not exist in time. He chooses to. He created time for us. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the Ancient of Days. So there's no timing when it comes to God. He's eternal, right? But he chooses to exist within our time frame and work within the world. So how does God work within the world, all right? And so it led me to this question as I was taking a deep dive into time mastery. And I want you to go ahead and write this down. Ask yourself this. Am I active or effective? Am I active or effective? And I I think all of us would say we're active, you know. But the question should be, am I effective? Because you, you 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 can do nothing but be doing something. Meaning, you can lay on the couch all day doing nothing. But that is the something that you're doing. Time is just kind of passing you by as you're doing nothing. Right? Or you can be in a subconscious routine of life where it's everyday school, home, gym, well, you know, work, blah, blah. You're subconscious. It's just, it's just what you do. You're, 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 you're active, but you're not really producing. Or it's not, you don't know what it's going to come to. You're just... You're living to pay your bills. You're living to have company. You're living to have fun. You're traveling. You're active, but are you, are you effective? Because one deals with movement. Activity, go ahead and write this down, results in movement. Just moving. Effectiveness results in multiplication. Someone say multiply. Yeah. And I think we want to be people that increase and that grow. So we want to channel our activity to make sure that we're being effective, that we're getting the most out of our activity. Not that our activity is leading us into more duress and stress and worry, but it, we can, we can kind of get value and gain value out of our stress out of our strain and see that it's leading to something greater and better down the road. So is this relationship effective? It, you know, am I, you know, so it's just something that I'm, I'm wanting to pass along. So Genesis 1, let's open up the scripture. Genesis 1, we'll start at verse 1. And it says this here, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So God is, is here and there's nothing before him. Right? There's nothing. That's his circumstance. There is nothing going on right now. Right? And, but we're going to see how God chooses to engage time. Watch this. It says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. 
God made his, this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. And as I was studying the nature of timing and how God, how God approaches time, I derived this one powerful thought that has really altered the course of my life over the past two or three years. And I just want to pass this on to you. Here it is. Well thought out action, not circumstance, defines our season. Well thought out action, not circumstance, defines our season. God had nothing before him and he had two options. Complain and do nothing, or I can act. So my question to us now is, was God active or was he effective? I would say he was both. But he was more effective than he was active because he only spoke. He only spoke. He wasn't struggling. He wasn't grinding. He wasn't straining. He wasn't stressing. He wasn't worrying. He spoke. It did what it did. And when he was done, that marked the season, day one. So this also tells me that he was intentional he pre-planned what he would do every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that again because I, I don't know for him. He pre-planned the next day. Wow. He didn't go beyond what he had planned to do. It's the master of time. And as a result, he got the results that he was looking for. So I, I beg to ask again, am I effective or am I, am I active or am I Effective, And I, the older I get personally, I, I want to be more effective. I'm, honestly, I've come to learn that the most successful, peaceful people are boring people. Let yeah. <laughs> me wake you guys up a little bit. Yeah. They're boring. Uh-huh. I'm falling in love with being boring. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. it's producing so much peace and, and serenity and joy and it's keeping me away from stupid drama and the areas of my life where I want to see dividends and increase is actually happening simply because I've simplified my life and I just want to be effective in a few areas and what that effectiveness in a few areas is going to do is it's going to open up more channels of opportunities in the future but you got to know what you're focused on today and um, so let, let's define time mastery, okay? So time mastery is this. It's understanding the value of time and effectively using it to thrive in every season. It's valuable. Do you really need to take that phone call? Do you really need to entertain that classmate at lunch? Do you really need to go on that trip? What, what is the result of that going to be? Yeah. Because we are no um, younger than we were 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And so I'm glad you're in the house of God. It's the best place you can be, you know, for the next uh, 16, 20 minutes or so, right? So I think you're actually investing into your future since you're here. 
But please, guys, you, you want to you ask yourself, is this important? And in order really for this message to hit your heart, there must be a strong desire for better in your life. In order for you to care about time management, there has to be a strong desire for better. That's right. That's right. Better connotates future, mm-hmm. not now. Come on. So you, you want more peace, you want more joy, better finances, better impact. Better connotates future, which means now I'm going to reverse engineer to this very moment and start to make a decision about how I spend my time. Yeah. Right? Because how I spend my time today will determine the quality of my life tomorrow. And if I want better... I need to zone in right now. So real quick, let me give you six ways and 15 minutes on the dot. I want to give you six ways to master your time. Y'all okay? Yes, so let's get practical, okay? We just preach, so let's, let's teach a little bit, give you some steps. All right, number one, write your vision. Write your vision or your goals. Your vision or your goals. And I, I want to help you understand because I don't want you to get caught in the trap of thinking you got to go to, you know, a mountain and fast and pray and put on a, you know. No, you don't have to wait on God and hum. Hum. God's going to look at you weird and be like, what are you doing? Right. You can create your goals. Yes. And this is what I want to encourage you. If it's good for you. And if in turn what is good for you is good for others, it's a great chance that God put it on your heart. So if if it's fitness, if it's whatever area of your life, that is vision. Those are goals. you got to write them down. Go ahead and write this down. Vision is the picture of a preferred future. It's a picture of a preferred future. Be it next month, six months from now, next year. You can get real practical with this. It doesn't have to be all deep. You know, maybe there's a weight goal or financial goal or a faith goal. Maybe you want to read, read a book in the Bible every month. That's vision. That's, that's a goal. The Lord answer, says this in Habakkuk 2.2. The Lord answered me, talking to the prophet. Someone say the Lord. Lord. Watch this. God, God says this. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. If you write it. Uh, Research has confirmed that when you write down your plans, you're 80% more likely to get them done. So the Lord who is a spirit, this is a spiritual matter, Mm -hmm. but it's also practical. The Lord who is spirit, Jesus says for the Father is spirit. The Lord who is spirit says you ought to do this very practical step. If you're going to get things done, you got to write it down. Right? So for me personally, every night between, uh, just to give you some tips, you know, every night between 8 and 9 p.m., uh, I sit down and, and I write it out the next day. Is, is my um, planner there? Um, Jay brought it for me. Um, I, I sit it down and, thank you, son. I sit it down and, and this is the full focus planner. And every night from, from 8 to 9 p.m., write it down. Anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Write it down. Break the vision down. Annual, quarterly weekly, daily, break it down. You need things that you set out to accomplish. Are you just going to be active? Number two, use a planner. Use a planner. Them things you hated in school. I'm on the same page, but I'm in a different place in my life. 
And um, I use them now. I appreciate them, right? Use a planner. It says this here about a virtuous woman. You can put a virtuous man in there as well, okay? She gets up before dawn, Proverbs 31, to prepare her breakfast for her household. Here it is. And plan the day's work for her servant girls. So she's also a leader. You, you Use a planner. Use a planner. Number three, define your priorities. This is important. Define your priorities. I, I want to encourage you. Every week you should have a top three things you want to accomplish. And every day have a top three. And you may have to break it down to different areas of your life. Family, top three today. You know, break it down. Top, top three. Um, Nehemiah was tasked by the Holy Spirit to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And so he completed the wall, but they hadn't put in the doors and the gates yet. And as is with anything that God calls you to, when he calls you to a focus, you have a spiritual enemy in which we have a, a series on this called Realm in a, few, in a few weeks in October, a spiritual enemy who's going to always try to deter you or distract you or pull you down. And a lot of times he will use people. And people won't know that they're being used by the enemy to deter and distract you. And so we're going to see this in the text. Uh, Nehemiah 6, 2 says this. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me, Nehemiah, to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Oh No. Oh No. <laughs> this, this is the Oh No section over here. There's an, unless you're the same person, I can't see you. But someone in that same area said, oh, no. So you was ready for that if you're the same person. Maybe not. It's an anointing of following the pastors over there. you catching it. Oh, no. When God makes it that plain, guys, in Scripture, there's, there's nothing to really. He's making it plain. And so I think Nehemiah said the same thing. Oh, oh no. But I realized, here it is, they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. Here it is. Define your priorities. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Meeting you is not my priority. Define them, though. Rank, rank them in order of importance. You need three for a week and three for a day. And I also want to encourage you, just a tip here, start to theme your day. We used to call Mondays around here meeting Mondays. <laughs> Not a good look, man. Church is great, you know, but you're coming off of a, you know, up, you know, up church pumped up. And then there's this, this down. When you go home, talking personally for myself, there's this there's a down because you've been pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And they actually say um, um, talking for 30 minutes, public speaking is equivalent to working an eight-hour shift. So if we're doing three or four of these, I'm working about 24 hours in about a four-hour time span or so, six hours, when you get home. So when I would call it meeting Monday, ask me that I want to come to church. Bad theme. So we changed it to Momentum Monday, right? And, and so that, that made me feel like, okay, we're, we're just, because this call is eternal. 
right? The, the call to multiply is eternal. It's not just, you know, until I turn 40. It's, it's until the day God takes me home. And so Tuesdays are development Tuesdays and Fridays are date day. Fridays, theme your day, define your priorities. Some, some things are going to try to come in and pull you down from your wall. People are going to try to come in. People's urgency will try to become your emergency, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you got to look and you got to say that that's not on my list. Unless you're dying, unless you're in the hospital, that's not on my list right now. I'm, I'm focused for it because I've come to find this out, Raph, is that the greatest gift that you can give people is a focused you. That's the greatest gift you can give people. Because if you're always down and you're always trying to pull me down, we both can't stay in the muck. Someone has to be ambitious. Someone has to be focused on the call. Someone has to, come on out, someone has to move forward, right? So I can't let you pull me down, right? And, and I've come to find out as a father that when I'm focused, when I'm on my A game with my planner, it affects my wife and my kids and my ministry and the staff and the church in such a positive way. It's when I'm not planned out and I'm just going through the subconscious rhythms of life. That everyone and everything becomes an annoyance. And now I'm wrong. Because I won't protect my time and my peace. And my health. Define your priorities. Number four. I want to encourage you to time block. Someone say time block. All right. All right. Here it is. And this is why. Because heaven. Heaven time blocks. Watch this. The word of God. Ecclesiastes 3.1. Here it is. There is an appointed time. For everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. God time blocks. God time blocks. God is so good at time blocking. That he's created time in a 24 hour day. To be with all of us at the same time. Wherever we are. I know, that was deep. I'm sorry. Y'all like, that's good, but what does it mean? What did it ever mean? I'll never know. But it was good. I just wanted to support you in that. I don't even know what it means. It was just a nice preaching moment. It just felt good. I felt like a preacher. Anyway, I know I'm playing, but it's truth, though. Let me keep moving. What's up? I got stuck. I had a T.D. Jakes moment. I love T.D. Y'all be like, oh, that's good. Come on, preach. I don't know what to do with it, but preach. All right. So this is the deal. I want to encourage you to create. Here it is. Write this down. Create moment-by-moment intervals to fulfill your priorities. So like from, from 9 to 1045, what's going on? From 12 to 1, what's going on? Um, where, where is dinner? Where is exercise? And I get it. Days change. Things change. And so next week, we're going to give you the benefits of time mastery. We're going we're to get into some of the nuances next week. I'm just here to kind of lay out a how. Next week, we'll give you the results. Okay? And then later, in the, then Pastor Kyle is going to give you a great message on healthy habits then I'm going to end us off with two weeks of wise counsel, how to get wise counsel. 
and the benefits of wise counsel, okay? So um, we're just taking our time. But where do these things go? It's important that you know. And so allow your priorities to inform your time blocks. All right, number five, take action. Take action. So you've written the vision. You're using your planner. You're defining your priorities. You time block, now take action. Even before um, COVID-19 and, and, and the pandemic lockdowns, I can draw back to the day where um, I worked in the hospital from, did the night shift right before we moved to Maryland, uh, 7 p.m., well, really it was more 6.30 p.m. to 8 a.m. Um, as a unit secretary. And um, every day I would go to work with my entire night planned out because the idea was this. While the world is sleeping, I'm going to be advancing. Yeah. And so I knew after I, I checked in and got the new patient's folders put together and checked on the nurses and if the call bell rang and I had to kind of assist in one of the rooms, if I was interrupted, and once again, we'll get into some of this next week, I could go back to where I was supposed to be even though it was midnight. Okay, I'm working on our meeting because there's a team that's going to move with us to Maryland in six months. And we're going to talk about honor tomorrow night when they come over, right? Or we're going to go, oh, man, we're going to, we're going to North Carolina next week to, to this church to get training. I knew from, from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. where every hour was going. And um, when I was strategizing back then, I envisioned a room like this. See, vision needs strategy as its foundation. Because you can have all the vision in the world, but if you're not intentional about working towards it every day, that vision won't come to pass. And so we're, we're re-strategizing some things now for an extra service and uh, experience and a new location within the next 12 to 18 months, whatever city God calls us to. We're strategizing and time blocking those meetings now because what God is going to do is he's going to entrust us with the fulfillment of it then. Yeah. Yeah. But if I don't reverse engineer and strategize now, yeah. I'm going to wake up 12 to 18 yeah. months from now and wonder, why are we in the same place? Because you didn't steward the time that God gave you today. And so it's not the most entertaining message, but it will get you to where you want to go in life. And so you got to take action. So we wrote it down. We had the meetings. We went on the trips. Then there was the date to move to Maryland. That was written out six months. And we wrote it out. Quit your jobs April 2016. We're moving May of 2016. We're packing our trucks on this date. And what, what could have otherwise been so scary wasn't as scary because it was written down. And it's like, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be quitting our jobs and moving to a state that is 30% more expensive than where we're from. Not knowing a soul, but we've been called by God. We've received a vision to start a church. But it was as practical as planning it out. And so it's important that then you take action. It says this here, Proverbs 13:4. Lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Action produces all forms of wealth, physical, spiritual, 
And then number six, I want to encourage you to recognize daily wins. Recognize daily wins. Recognize daily wins, guys. If you wrote it out, dinner with mom, I'm going to study for three hours, going to go to work, I work a night shift, and, and you did all three of those things, you won. You won that day. If you said, I'm, I'm going to go and shop for the wedding, and I'm going to take a nap, and I'm going to wake up and read the Bible, you won for that day because you wrote it out and you did it. And you were effective. Yeah. You were an active. Right? It's important, and it's going to produce some great things in your life. Don't try to do it all in one day. Remember, remember what I said. The most successful and peaceful people are boring. <laughs> and that's because they, they keep it simple. They keep it steady. And as a result, they're able to live the lives that many of us wish we could live because they just keep it simple and steady. And then when you do time block, and we'll deal with this next week, but it supernaturally, somehow it creates more time. And now you can work on some creative things, some deep work. You can start to dream for the future. But we got to get this down. Jesus was someone who mastered time. The Bible says um, he would often break out to go and pray by himself. He had that time blocked. Daniel would go up to his upstairs room three times a day and pray. He's the most powerful man in Persia under the king, but three times a day he had a time block. I'm going to go and pray and talk to God. So what made Daniel so successful? Was it his habits? Was it his smarts? No, it was the time that he spent with God for 66 years. Every day he talked to God three times a day. There's power and consistency. And I want to encourage you with this last thought. It won't come up on the screen. But if you are a Christian especially, I want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit breathe on your schedule. Right? Tomorrow belongs to God. So when you're sitting down, you're saying, all right, Pastor, I got you. Because I had a few people text me after the 9 a.m. And, and they're like, is this the planner? Is this the one? I want to get it. So when you get your planner, what, it doesn't have to be full focus. But when you get your planner and you begin this process, before you write anything, stop for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, breathe. What do you want my week to look like? What am I supposed to be focusing on? And God is going to speak to you, and he's going to make it clear. And that's what you want. Time mastery is the process, here it is, of syncing your plans with the plan of God. It's a practical process that engages the supernatural. It's the process. It's the process. Could you stand to your feet? If you've been blessed by the word of God, can you put your hands together if this encouraged you?